What's up, everyone? Chris Lopez here. And today's podcast is all about the real estate investing opportunities in Northern Colorado. So in a couple of minutes, I'm going to replay a webinar that I hosted with two experts in Northern Colorado on August 1st. But before I hit the replay, I will give you a quick summary and some of the big takeaways that I learned from learning about Northern Colorado. So I would sum up Northern Colorado with really two words. The first one is growth, and the second is new. Now, in terms of growth, uh, they just have population growth, job growth, investment growth. Now, from a population standpoint, two counties up there, Larimore and Well County, accounted for just over 50% of all the population growth in Colorado. Let that sink in for a second. So those two counties accounted for 51% of the population growth out of Colorado's 60-some counties. So massive population growth going to northern Colorado. So growth is obviously a great long-term investment to ride. Now, the second one is new. And there's just a lot of new stuff going in there. There is new, infa new infrastructure, new jobs, new businesses, and also a lot of new construction communities up there. So with those two things in mind, growth and new, what type of opportunities do they present themselves in Northern Colorado in the current high interest rate uh, market conditions that we're in? So three winning strategies right now in Northern Colorado are buying new construction properties. That is a strategy many investors are following or buying new builds out there. And we're actually seeing some really good offers up there. And one of the case studies we talked about in the webinar, Steve Medina shares how there is an awesome new construction home uh, that they were able to get for about $50,000 off. So buying into instant equity. So the two types of strategies working really well up there are house hacking, and long-term rentals. So cash flow is tight, like a lot of markets. Uh, Greeley probably provides the best opportunity for cash flow up there. But understand you're buying equity and just really buying into that long-term growth uh, that Northern Colorado is experiencing and expecting to see for many, many years to come. All right, so why are we talking about Northern Colorado? Well, I'm really excited to announce that Envision Advisors has officially launched into Northern Colorado. Why? Well, it comes down to two reasons. One is it's an amazing region or market to invest in. So number one, hey, it's a great place to invest. So we want to be there to invest ourselves and help our investors go out there and build, build their portfolios. Secondly, I've been able to find the right people up there that know the market, invest in the market, have lived there for a long time. And real estate is all about having those local experts. So on this webinar, you're gonna to listen to Steve Medina and Newt Weiler, our Northern Colorado Envision experts, go through a lot of details about the opportunities in Northern Colorado. So uh, enjoy this webinar recording, it goes to a lot of details, or if you wanna see more of the stats and the written summary, we have just updated the Denver Investment Real Estate website with a Northern Colorado section. So you can see the case studies on there from the three deal analyses, plus a ton of trends and a ton of data. So if any questions about investing in Northern Colorado, want to explore the market, please reach out to us. Uh, Steve and Newt will give you the rundown and explain the market and help you see if it's a right fit for your first or your next rental property. All right, here is the webinar recording. Enjoy it. 
You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by RICO, your local guide for all things real estate investing in Colorado. Hey, good morning, everyone. Chris Lopez here. I want to welcome you to today's webinar. We're going to do a deep dive into the Northern Colorado real estate investing market. Our goal here in about the next 45 minutes is to give you a detailed guide for the trends, what's going on in Northern Colorado. We're going to cover three deal analyses and also talk about some opportunities in the current marketplace. But of course, we're getting the details. I have to go through the standard disclaimer here. We are not giving you legal, accounting, tax, or financial advice. Please consult your professional team. And I've got two great co-host with me here. The first is Mr. Newt Weiler. Newt, how are you? I'm well. Thank you, Chris. So Newt is our lead agent up there in Division Advisors. He runs Northern Colorado Market. He's also the managing broker for your castle up there. So he has tons of experience, uh, knows the market, and also knows how to build teams up there. So Newt, yeah. glad to have the webinar. Yeah, thank you, Chris. And our second host is Steve Medina. Uh, Steve is an investor turned realtor who also lives up north as well. And Steve is just chock full of analyses and trends. And if you know, if you want to understand what's going on, Steve is a guy to tell you and help you actually understand it to boil it down to how to make it work for your situation, your portfolio. Steve, I'm glad to have you on the webinar and the team. Awesome. Glad to be here. So. Yeah, so we're going to go through all this. If you guys have any questions while we are talking about, drop in the chat box. Or if you're watching the recording, reach out to uh, ideally Newt or Steve because they are the Northern Colorado experts. You can reach out to me and I'll probably loop them in here. But we want questions live or after the recording. And we are going to go through a lot of data and slides as well on here. So if you want to see all the details, uh, follow the link in the show notes. You can download the slide deck and we'll have all, this stuff, all, all this on the website uh, very soon as well. So before we get into details of the market trends and what strategies are working on there, I want to take a quick step back and talk about our three-factor alignment. Uh, this is a framework we use to help people understand uh, what's the right fit for them, or as the slide says, the sweet spot. And it's really, where can we find that overlapping sweet spot between what are your goals, your risk tolerance, with what strategies work in the marketplace and that you also want to execute and then do they work in the market? So as we go through uh, this webinar, we're gonna be really talking about the market and the strategy sections on there. The goals are obviously very, very personal and everyone out there has their own goals. So this is why we always offer a free consultation here at the Envision Advisors. And if you're a new investor, that is a strategy call to help you kind of figure out how to get into investing or if you're new to the market. We also have a lot of people with rental properties out there and already have a current portfolio. If you have that, great, we'll do a blend of a strategy call and also review your uh, portfolio with our tool property llama to help you understand what opportunities you have and actually map out how to get to your goals. So reach out to us or you can scan the QR code as well. Uh, and the great thing about this, now Envision Advisors is officially in Northern Colorado. New came aboard about five months ago, yeah, I think. Yeah, back in February, March. Yeah, yeah. Feels, it feels like it's longer than it's been, but it's been a great thing. Steve just came on recently, and we have a dynamic duo of knowledge, strategy, agent up there to go out there and help you guys figure out uh, if Northern Colorado is right fit for you and how to make it work for your portfolio. 
All right, so now we're gonna jump into the fun stuff about Northern Colorado, and we are gonna start with some market data. So Steve, give us the uh, the executive summary on Northern Colorado. Like interest rates are high, what, what do we do? Yeah, well, you know what? We take what we are given. So we need to understand what the market looks like, what the long-term play, what the short-term play is, and how those blend together. So that's what we do. So right now, with high interest rate environment, we've got an opportunity to buy equity because there's two people selling, two different kinds of sellers right now. Those that are need to sell because they have some reason and then new home construction. Some of the other strategies that are working are house hacking because you can get in low down and then you can refinance later. And then there's some new construction out there that's got some amazing deals because they're trying to offset some of the costs that are happening because of higher interest rates. So those are really good things that are out there right now. So some of the things that are even more positive about Northern Colorado, it's got the fastest growth in Colorado. So we've got two counties that are um, 51% of the growth out of 64 total counties in Colorado. So that's a big deal. You've got a ton of jobs coming up there and you've got a ton of big investments that are coming in up there. So those things make um, a really good opportunity in Northern Colorado. And so that's where we're seeing some of the things. And that's what we're going to talk a lot about today. Yeah. And I, you got the most important things, job growth, population growth. And I definitely coming, you know, someone that's Denver based, I definitely see Northern Colorado as a huge opportunity for new construction, which is often on the easier side of buying rentals since they, they come with warranties and have less stuff breaking usually. But the high level said buying now is buying equity. That's right. So just some of the overriding kind of uh, macro you know, issues is that interest rates are you know, limiting sellers from you know, getting into the market and putting it on market. It's a barrier for investors that are seeking cash flow. Um, renters can't get in, so they're stuck in the rent um, uh, space. And then there's still too few houses available. So um, th- those things are kind of macroeconomic, but they also play into how we factor the opportunities in Northern Colorado. So, okay. Um, and then some of the opportunity costs, I think, are important to look at, too, because we don't always look at those. If we use our forward long-term vision and we see that um, rates will come down at some point, they won't stay artificially high forever. That means that when they start to get down, people are going to take that pent-up demand and start to chase properties again, and that's going to drive appreciation. So not sure quite how they're talking about easing it, but that will be a real factor. So when we get back to a fairly normal, balanced market, that's going to be a factor that you don't want to deal with if you can deal with it today. Yeah, very well said. And just some quick stats here, because I've been amazed at the growth uh, NOCO has. Yeah, um, you know, with the detached housing, it's growing at a rate that's double what Denver is. Um, and so that's pretty straightforward, but it's nice to see kind of the appreciation going up there. When you get to the attached housing, it's actually growing at six over six times what kind of the Denver markets are. So we've got strong appreciation still up there. It's not everywhere, but it's it's where to find it that it's going to continue. So. Yeah. And actually, this was like I'm looking at the attached homes here. Like last year, you guys appreciated about six percent. And Denver was just under 3%. And I did not know until we put this data together that you guys had that strong appreciation up there. Yeah, it's it's there's some there's some really good spots up there. Now, when you look at it kind of in totality, it doesn't always paint the correct picture. But when you start looking inside some of the smaller markets, you start to see where the opportunities are. And that's what that's what Newt and I do all the time. Yeah. So 
And for those uh, listening to the podcast or listening to this, uh, we have a lot of data and slides. So check out the YouTube video or check out the blog post and all these slides will be on there so you can either see it or actually dig into all the data. Um, but we won't push you to sleep with walking through every single chart on here. This is, uh, you know, just to, to show that over the last 13 years, um, the big five, they call them Loveland, Longmont, Boulder, Fort Collins, and Greeley. Um, and they've been growing at about, you know, nine over 9% appreciation. So we can't count on that, but just to show historically what's been happening up there. Is a lot of that weighted by Boulder? Boulder to some degree. Boulder's starting to flatten out a bit now, as okay. we've seen. So, you know, we're seeing some of the other markets come in. So you're seeing some of these smaller markets that are... The more on, affordable on markets? Yeah, <laughs> and where they have... Yeah, where it's, it's, it's uh, you know, fresh real estate that they can put on. Um, and so there's a lot of people that are gobbling those up. Yeah. Do you guys have any favorite markets right now? Windsor's very popular right now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I honestly feel like I stumbled into that one and it's been a great place to be. So it's like, is that where you're at now? <clears throat> okay. And then you're in, I'm in Loveland, Loveland, right? New, but, okay. Uh, you know, also, uh, you know, Greeley is there's, it's primed for growth. Yeah. I mean, there's still plenty of uh, space out there to, to build and to find those investment opportunities that we've talked about. Great. Well, I'm, I love that we have real experts up there now. All right, let's talk about the growth drivers because, like, I I've always like I'm a keep it simple, stupid person, guys. As as you probably know, and it's just like, hey, you can analyze all sorts of data and a thousand one variables, and with most things, one or two or three things really matter. And I think growth is it. Yeah, growth really is it. But there's some other contributing factors that are helping. So when you think about markets, you, if you just look, there's a certain percent uh, brands are um, a, a bundle of perceptions. So when we think about Denver, we think about certain things. When we think about Fort Collins, we think certain things. When you think about Greeley, Pueblo, Colorado Springs, you get a certain um, feel out there. And so what we're seeing with Northern Colorado, it's got a lot of positive momentum from people that are coming up. There's tons of things to do outdoors that you can be stand up paddle from five minutes from your house. You can do all kinds of uh, bike riding and other activities that get you outdoors. So you have all these great outdoor amenities, but you also have the city amenities that are growing up there too. So, and that's why I think some of the the space that's available up there, some of the economic environment is what is um, creating an opportunity for more jobs to come in there, more investment to come up there. And the people are coming up there too. So we're going to see, I think the forecast is pretty phenomenal for those two. So we'll get to that in a minute. No. Yeah, I love how you describe like having the market as a brand. Uh, so I've talked about brand, I don't know, thought about having like the markets have a brand. So I, I like that concept a lot. And you're right, every city has a different brand or feel to it. You think about Detroit, you get a certain set of perceptions, right? You think about, you know, uh, Windsor now and you start yeah. to see it, you go, oh my gosh, that's a different place. Yeah. How long you guys uh, lived in uh, Northern Colorado for? I don't even... I've been there for nearly 30 years now. Okay. So, so you've seen lots of change. I have. I've seen yeah. it grow tremendously. It's it's grown huge if, compared to when I moved there in 94. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Mm. Yeah, I, I've been up there, what, two and a half years. And so we were down in Arvada before. Yeah. That. So we were in the area and we'd go up there to visit baseball tournaments, do outdoor stuff. But now it's like, it's a little more slow pace of life. It won't be that way forever because it's going to get caught up, but. It's it's a great place. I like it because there's a lot more small town kind yeah. of feel to, you know, just not as much traffic and nice. lots of space. Yeah, lots of space. So cool. 
So, you know, just to, this is just more to show there's some really big, you know, employers up there and Northern Colorado has, you know, been continuing to have um, lower unemployment rates than the rest of the state. And the state has lower unemployment rates than the rest of the U.S. So they're, they're still in a really good spot. So there's some amazing um, information out there about how they're trying to pull in more uh, I guess, job ready and prepared, you know, young uh, students and young employee, um, you know, kind of, uh, I guess, um, storage, not storage, but uh, what do you call them? Like they need more staff, they need employees. And so they're going to, that's going to be a, a one-to-one relationship over time. They can't grow their businesses without good quality employees. And so yep. that's what they're starting to see in some of the high schools and things like that is they're creating more opportunity for employers to have good employees right out of high school, right out of college. Oh, fantastic. Um, and these are some of them. You guys may know some of these. Who knew that we had, you know, Ursa, Ursa Major is uh, rocket engines out of Berthoud. Um, and some of these others, Vestas, um, Agilent, um, Microvast is one of the country's leading, um, what is it, uh, lithium-ion battery manufacturers. Oh, okay. So, they're up there. There's rail up there. There's all kinds of things up there. So some of these, you know, higher tech or higher paying jobs. This is my favorite one, the population growth. If I could pick one statistic to look at and make a decision on the population growth. Well, and this one's uh, kind of caught me by surprise, too, because I, I could see the growth going. But when I started digging into the numbers, it was like, wow, out of 64 counties, two provide over half of the growth. And there's about 366,000 in Larimer and 350 in in Weld. Those are projected for Larimer to go to about 500,000 in 20 by 2040. And um, Weld is supposed to be close to 600. So it's going to grow 250,000 and 150,000. So you're talking 400,000 new residents up there. Where are they going to live? Where are mm-hmm. they going to work? Where are they going to do all that stuff? That's what they have to solve for the next few years. So there is a great mix of housing products up there. Yeah, I was amazed. I mean, you have uh, Laramore was 15% of overall Colorado growth. Weld was 36%. So those two counties are doing just over 50% of the population growth, which is bonkers. Like, I knew you guys were growing up there. I didn't know it was like that, though. Yeah, don't tell anybody. Oh no, yeah. well, I don't think it's that because I think <laughs> I think the first scary. thing when Newt walked in the door was he. Uh, you had a couple uh, colorful <laughs> things about the traffic up there. Yeah. Uh, well, there you go. You want to get rich in real estate? You got to deal with some traffic, right? That's true. <laughs> I'm tired of slamming on my brakes. <laughs> um, all right, and yeah, talk to us about new construction, new investments, because like one of the brand associates that brand associates have with Northern Colorado is just is new. Right. And that's what it, it's it's kind of fascinating when you boil it down. You know, new is really what's driving the markets right now. You're seeing new construction and new investments. And so we're seeing things and you guys you know, may have seen them out there, but there's things where Centera South, the McWinnies, are trying to build a billion dollar multi retail, uh, multifamily townhomes and things like that. That's just one project. And so they're building out a lot of things up there um, that are going to continue to grow. There's, for you guys that don't know, is Burlington Northern Santa Fe is looking at an intermodal one uh, facility they're putting in in Hudson. And it's projected to hire um, between 10 and 20,000 employees because that's just massive. It's it's like billions of dollars into the economy. The uh, Rodeo Dunes, uh, somewhat similar to like 
Band and Dunes in Oregon, they're putting in a brand new set of golf courses. They've got 2,000 acres where they can build six different golf courses to make it a destination resort. Oh, wow. Yeah. And and it, they're just smaller, but, you know, people love Bucky's. It's kind of that visible signal. The world's biggest Bucky's was, I think, slated for Tennessee. And the only difference is it's got four more pumps than the one we're going to have in Johnstown um, by the end of the year. It's coming up quick. Yeah, this is actually probably my most thing I'm most interested to go see because yeah. I've heard it's basically a Costco uh, at a gas station. Um, Apparently, so, their barbecue is amazing. Oh yeah, I just I want to go experience you can get anything <laughs> on any shelf in there. So help yourself. It's 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 a thing. And they serve gas. Yeah, <laughs> hundred seventeen pumps. When, when we gas. do uh, when we do a bus tour up there to go look at properties, it'll be it'll be Bucky's, right? There you go. <laughs> yeah, we'll be we'll stopping at Bucky's and, and Newt's Bar. That's right. We'll go over to Greeley. <laughs> well, and across the street from Bucky's is a whole new retail section coming out. Um, and then there's the Revere development that's about fifteen hundred houses. They haven't punched holes in the ground yet. So there's a whole sequence of things that's coming up there, and they're investing. They need employees. People are coming. Weld County is a little bit younger than Larimer County. And so there's a lot of, um, I guess, uh, organic yeah. um, population growth because it's it's a younger community. They're having more kids. Well, guess what? They're growing out of the houses they're in. They're going to need to move. So it can't survive in a static market. It's got to grow. And that's why we're kind of seeing the new normal now. But when the rates get back to being not artificially raised, things are going to really start to ramp up. And that's what we're excited about seeing. Yeah, so love that. And then this moves us into the strategy. So um, great job, guys, when covering the market data, because I, I gave you guys a very hard job. I said, give the couple of key points of market data that tell the story. Two thumbs up. Um, there's a lot more data that we can share, a lot more data that we have access to. If you guys want more data, reach out to us. We've got, I mean, slide decks and reams of a lot more data up there. So if you want more of it, reach out, but we want to give you the high level of job growth, population growth, new construction, new investment. I mean, those are the themes there's growth and new. And now we want to kind of shift to our third circle, which is now the strategy circle. And that's saying, hey, what type of real estate investing strategies work in the market right now? Um, because depending on the market and depending on overall market conditions, different strategies work and some are harder, some are easier. And we're always trying to find out, hey, Here's time where we see opportunity and want to present that to you. So one thing that you pointed out, and I love this term you used, Steve, was you called it a false seller's market to kind of like set the stage. What is a false seller's market? Well, as we look at um, supply of, of real estate, kind of the, the, the number of units that are actually available at any time, if it's under four months, we generally consider that a seller's market. If it goes four to six months, we're starting to be in that balanced market. If it's above that, it's a buyer's market. But there's something else that's going on right now that isn't always obvious to people. There's an artificial play happening on interest rates. So what that's doing is it's causing sellers not to want to put their properties on the market because they may not get the value they're seeking for them. And so that's creating what we would normally look at at first glance and seeing seller's market. It's actually a buyer's market out there. So that's what's fascinating about the false seller's market. Yeah, this is where a month of months of inventory does not tell a complete picture. The artificially high interest rates, you don't need to go in and look at this slide, but basically you've seen the Fed raise their rates. And then there's another risk premium that when the lenders feel comfortable, they lower. When they don't feel comfortable, they raise. 
So you're paying two sets of situations that are artificially inflating interest rates now. So once that, um, I guess the uh, consumer index starts to slow down and inflation slows down to the point where they feel comfortable, they'll start pulling some of those artificial things out of there. And we should try and get back to a normalized, balanced, you know, kind of marketplace. And then here is, uh, if you're going to slide, this is a, a pretty detailed matrix of going through about eight different strategies on here. We won't read every single one, but you guys can download it. And then we just label them like red light, yellow light, green light for, you know, what's easier being green, you know, what's uh, a little bit harder being yellow and what's the hardest right now being red. And these are just, hey, what are different strategies that work really well in the marketplace right now? And the two best ones up there right now are long-term rentals and house hacks, right guys? Yeah. Yeah. And then the other ones, you know, medium-term rental, short-term rental, room by room, burr, wholesale flipping, all their strategies, they're great strategies, uh, harder to execute right now. And where we're putting a lot, of, a lot of energy into education and also helping our clients go is really into those two, the long-term rentals and house hacking. Uh, why? Well, because they are proven long-term wealth building strategies. Like they're, they're very simple. They're very straightforward. They make a lot of people rich. But also more importantly, like, hey, we can't change the market. Like Senator Steve, we, we kind of take what we're given Mm-hmm. And we say, hey, we've analyzed all the data. You guys walk properties. You own up there. You invest up there. You talk to clients. You say, hey, here's where we we'll find the sweet spot. And those two are the long-term rentals and house hacks. So now we're going to shift into actually going through uh, three deal analyses. The first being new construction. The second being a one-year case study on a house hack. And the third is going to be a house hack fourplex. So uh, three great strategies that all work in the marketplace. So Steve, I know this first one is a new construction one. It's a great equity deal. Walk us through it. Yeah, this one's um, pretty straightforward and it's allowing us to kind of see what some of the builders are doing. So you have small builders, medium-sized builders, and large builders. They all approach things differently. Big builders have contracts with lenders. Medium-sized ones don't necessarily, small ones don't. So there's some other things that can happen. But what they're trying to do is offset some of the cost of increased um, interest rates and the cost of getting loans. So what is happening in some of these is they are offering up discounts and then they're offering up concessions to help offset the cost of loans. So in this particular one, we have to know which ones because you can find some of these out on the MLS, but they don't put all of the information out there because they're not as sometimes capable of knowing how to put it all into the MLS and some of that uh, to be able to explain it correctly. So we're seeing some of those. We talk to the builders. We know what they um, kind of have as trying to finish off one of their developments. And so this is one of them. It's in a a really good model up there that people have really liked to use for, um, uh, for rentals and for house hacking. And so it was on sale for $63,000 below. So if you bought one that was had a month out, uh, to be able to be ready for completion, you'd pay the rack rate, you'd pay the list rate. But since this one, for whatever reason, just didn't get picked up, it's got a deal sign on it. And that's what we understand because we watch and, um, you know, there's, I have a couple of these. So I actually really like this particular model. Like you own yourself. You're yep. Yeah. Yep. And so this is one of the great things about new construction that, uh, you know, I have definitely learned as I've been an investor out here is like, you don't think, new construction and networking in the same sentence. But really for finding deals like this, it really is 
key networking because I've seen for last number of years, minus you know, a year or so in COVID, below interest rates. End of the quarter, builders would say, Hey, I've got a couple of product, you know, a couple of houses I need to sell for the end of the quarter so they can hit their numbers, whatever loan or you know, goals they have. I'm like, hey, do you have any investors or buyers that uh, want something for $50,000 off? It's like, well, yes, sir. Thank you for calling me. I yeah. appreciate it. I get those calls a lot. Actually. Yeah, do you? Yeah, there's a couple builders where we we both work very closely with their seller reps. And when they have something that they're just trying to unload or finish out the phase so that they can move on, yeah, they'll reach out. Hey, you got any buyers for me? I love it. Yeah. And so definitely uh, make sure if you guys are wanting to know that you plug in with Steve and Newt and also uh, either go to the website or send us an email. We'll add you to our email list or I should say our deals email list with, with Envision Advisors. We usually send out like one to three deals a week between Pueblo and now Northern Colorado. House Act, Multis, Fixer Uppers, just kind of what we see out there. Yeah. Some new construction as well. Uh, so definitely reach out if you're interested in properties like that, because uh, when they happen, uh, they get scooped up pretty quick. And, you know, hey, just like the builders call you guys for go to, if we know investors want it, guess who gets gets the first phone calls? Yeah, People that we've talked to. I actually have a duplex under contract that we were we actually floated up from backup offer. And it was in four. When you say floated up, what do you mean? Well, we were in the backup position. And uh, for whatever reason, the first position bowed out. So we got to get up in there. But basically, my point is, is that to, to your point, that everything does go super fast. We put that offer in a day, the, the day that it was on the market, and we still got backup position. So be, being able, and that particular client's actually house hacking a duplex. So it's... Ooh, that'd yeah. be a good podcast one day. Yeah. I, cool. Yeah, that's a great one because I, I, I've heard you talk about before. So um, back to this one, just real quickly, it's in um, Severance, which is one of those small little towns that is in and around um, on the east side of 25. And the retail list price that you would have bought at normally is 502000 So there's a set of options. When you buy new, you you get a list price, and then you go in and pay for options, too. So that always raises Like appliances and appliances, grass in the backyard, fence, fence, things like that that you want in there. So so basically, it's about $63,000 off um, getting that equity day one, being in an up-and-coming community in an area, um, and then being able to refi it potentially in some time in the future you can Know, then actually make it work hard for you. So I mean, that's like what an eight percent discount essentially off normal price, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like that is like, I mean, that's a great deal. Yeah, it's it's a great deal. That's mm. why I, I, if I wasn't selling the property out in California right now, where I've got some stuff tied up, and that would have been one that I just said, I think I'll take this one for myself. Yeah. Um, no, and this is like talk about the new construction as well, because one of the things about new construction is like it is relatively turnkey in terms of maintenance and issues, right? Yeah, what I like about the new construction is you, you have a year warranty with the builder. And so anything that's not fixed on the way in um, right before close, because you have an inspection right before. And so it's usually kind of chaotic because mm-hmm. a lot of stuff still isn't done. You can have a window missing and, and all kinds of stuff like that because they're getting it done and they're trying to meet a timeline. But once you get in, if it's not done by that day, you know, at least the builders up in northern Colorado have been pretty good about saying, okay. Well, let's put it on our warranty list. And so you do one within a month and then you have, you know, a light inspection that we do at about 11 months. And they kind of say, what are the things we saw on the first time? And then are any new things popping up? And then you put that back into the builder. So you kind of have a break in period of the first year. If you're a house hacker, um, if you're just a landlord, 
there's a little coordination you need to do with, like I use a property manager. So um, the property manager and the subs, you know, I give them the, the, the renter's information and then they'll coordinate um, getting some of the stuff completed. Do you have a good PM for Longmont? Uh, I'll have to see if mine goes down. Okay. I got, I got a client that that's having a hard time to find a good PM up there. And I just realized I should probably talk to you guys. All County properties has always been pretty reliable. I will get with you guys, do some intros off off of that off of there. Thank you. That was on my note to talk about. So I'll do the webinar. Look at that. We got it right there. Okay. So this is a lot of information, so I'm not going to wear you guys out with this, but basically you get the purchase price on the right there at 439 and you'll see that it's got a negative cash flow. But that's under a property manager. So if you were to property manage yourself, you might be able to take off $270. You also look at maintenance. You have less maintenance in the first few years. So that's putting money in a bank. It's putting it setting aside because you know you're going to need it sometime down the, the road. But both of those things, if you took those out, you'd be pretty close to re- basically cash flow neutral um, if you wanted to manage yourself. And this is assuming a 25% down payment? Yes, this is assuming a 25% down. Yeah, okay. So it's still it's still pretty good right there. But, you know, if you want it property managed, if you can refinance it in a couple of years, those things will start helping your um, your cash flow. Okay. We have a question, Newt, from Matt. It says, Newt, is the all-county properties the one you referred to me before? I yes. Know, I, don't know, I don't know Matt's last name. More than likely. Okay. Most <laughs> likely, Matt. I, I work uh, well with Carrie out of their uh, Fort Collins office, and they, and they do um, a lot. And I believe they go down to Longmont and Fort Collins, Loveland, Berthin, and Greeley. Okay. Fantastic. Um, so, and, and what's, just to go back to that for just one half yeah. second, is what's great about Property Llama is it allows me to put in a bunch of different variables because you'll notice that I put maintenance down pretty low. I put appreciation a little bit higher at four. Um, and then I put property management 10%. So you can adjust those to kind of see, like, if you don't agree with my, you know, assumptions, change them, make them yourself and either make it work harder for you or, you know, different for you. Yeah. And that's a great thing to highlight. It's all about, there's so many different levers you can pull on here. And, you know, we always try to do, you know, fairly, I say proper and more conservative underwriting, uh, rather than saying, oh, his thing is, you know, Hey, it's, it's amazing cash flow right now. Well, Amazing cash right now in the market is just really, really tough. But this is why you know, you're looking for, hey, new construction deals with equity upside. Hey, that's a regular opportunity in the current marketplace, but you're not going to get rich off uh, day one cash flow. Right. You've got that long-term mindset. Wow. And as another note here, we got some, these are screenshots for Proppy Llama up here. Uh, so this is a software we've built and we use to do a lot of like modeling and more portfolio optimization. So if you guys have any properties you want to plug in there, reach out to me or Newt or Steve and we'll get you plugged in and, and get you set up. But back to here, we're looking at about a four and a half cap rate um, and about a slightly negative cash flow, as you said. Yeah. And, and, uh, I noticed that when I did it in Property Llama, I didn't change it, but um, because the cap rate is on the um, purchase price and not the ARV, um, it actually is over 5% cap rate if you use the ARV, not the purchase price. Oh, nice. So that's what the equity does. So um, so year one, you're going to see about a $22,000 return if you look at the four quadrants of real estate wealth building. And that's with a negative cash flow. So you need to feed that beast for a little bit until you can go back in and refinance it. And so you're going to be able to have that. And then if you could refinance it after 
kind of 12 to 24 months, the ROE is going to start kicking right back up because you want that higher ROE. You bought equity going in so that it actually makes the ROE a little bit more strained in year one. But then when you take the strain off by not having artificially high interest rates, it get back to what it should be able to do. And that's more of like that 16, 17% ROE. That's where I like to see them. Yeah. Um, Fantastic. Well, great job on sharing this. So thank you. And as another note on here, we're going to be doing a lot more deal analyses in Colorado. Uh, We're currently building out a new section on the Denver Investment Real Estate website to host the trends, the updates, and start adding a couple deal analyses a month that you guys either see or close, you know, with yourself or clients. So make sure you plug into there uh, if you guys want to stay up to date on the Northern Colorado deals. All right, let's talk about this one. This is a second deal. Um, and I know you're very close to this one, Steve. Yeah, so, you know, the the flip side of the getting the deal on it is to take a look at one under kind of normal circumstances and seeing some of the appreciation there. So it's it's a little bit different, but it's it's actually the same model that we just got through talking about, but it was purchased a year ago in May. And um, what the cool thing about it is we just paid list price for it. So the list priced on it, is like buying um, an iPhone or something like that. You don't go in there and negotiate. You just say, you know what? I'd love to have it. I'll that's do a good it. analogy. Yes. Um, and so that's where the builder was at at that point. And so buying that property, living it for a year, and then having to move out, well, that is an easy way to be able to kind of get in and get that done. So, and it's right on the MLS. But the networking, again, does help because when they're getting ready to launch these, having relationships with the builders and knowing when they're going to come out with it, you can be ready before most people can be ready. So it's kind of like, um, you know, an opportunity because you're, you're behind the curtain, not on the other side of the situation. So it's uh, two and a half baths. You look at the list price there. Um, and when I say list price, that's really what the, um, the base price was plus options. And so you get an out the door price of so about four ninety two. Yep. So about four ninety two. So that's that's like the one from the year uh, year later that just sold, um, but it's in a slightly more desirable area. So it's new construction. It's a high demand community. So it actually commands higher um, rent rates than some of the surrounding communities. So go ahead and move to the next one there. Um, finding it is just. You know, I was able to watch the phases as they're coming in, and I knew which one I wanted. I knew which model I wanted. I knew all those things. So I'm able to be able to tap that in right away. And so that's what we can do. So, and the great thing was um, we went and got the appraisal done on it. And so sometimes on new builds, you don't get um, full appraisal because you're adding in certain things like the options and it can struggle. This actually came back as an, uh, a, a valuation of 29000 over what we paid for it. So, now, is that fluctuating with kind of the market right now? Sure. Yeah. But will it be long-term? No. So, and so that's where you can see some of these. I put in a slightly higher appreciation appreciation rate. Sorry, easy for me to say. Um, at, at 5% because of this development's um, style. The other one was 4%. So when you look at those, you see about a 466 negative cash flow. Well, that's because it's got maintenance and property management in it. Um, and so those two things, again, get you a little bit closer if you were gonna self-manage it, but I prefer not to do that that way. And then- Well, you, that could be made up too uh, when you're, this is your son, right? Yep. 
<laughs> excuse me, when your son moves out and renting that extra room. So well, that can be made up as far as the bringing him uh, offsetting yeah. against the there's property a few management. different things. Yeah, there's a few different things. If he was going to stay in it and house hack, um, but we actually took and put it up and rented it. So that was the goal is to kind of get it fully out. Um, and and basically, I did the analysis and the underwriting at about $200 less than we actually got for it. I was actually pleasantly surprised. I was not wanting to disagree with my property manager, but I said, are we sure this is it? He said, yeah. And so we got it, and it's like 200 bucks more than what I was forecasting. So rents, we get 2895 Yep. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that's solid rent. Yeah, so that's that's a solid rent. And then plus they pay utilities? Yeah, they pay all their yeah. utilities. So in that other income, you'll see there's actually, we bill back for um, trash. We bill back for non-potable water. So they pay for those, and it's a, a pet. Okay. So a little pet rent doesn't hurt. And with the escalation, you know, it's tough to see over time, but, you know, you see that ROE because it costs a little to get in. It's like 28000 to be all in to get in to secure a half million dollar property that will grow. So that leverage is really key. That's what gives us the 48% ROE because it's so little. It's not 25% down, it's five. Yeah. So, um, So right now, we're very pleased with the way it's going. And when I first, when I talk to people about negative cash flow, they generally go, oh my God, I can't believe, why would you Why would you even think that? But when you start to look at all the numbers and say, how long can I feed that beast? Because in four more years, the PMI drops off. That's 170 bucks a month. And then your interest or your, your appreciation on rents should be up to a point where it should roughly cash flow. And if you're taking a number and say, well, I've got 125,000 I could put in, is it better to put in 25,000 and save the 100,000 for other things and that's and, and get a higher ROE? That's what my philosophy is. So I'm okay because of the reserves and the way I do things now, paying a little bit of negative cash flow to be able to lock that property up. Yeah, I agree. I think anytime you can put down like a crazy low amount like that, um, you know, obviously you don't want to be bleeding, but a couple bucks here or there, it, man, in the long run, you make a lot of money by being highly leveraged. Yeah. Assuming rents go up and prices go up, which- They are speculative. It should, yeah. It looks like it should keep going up in Northern Colorado as in with most markets around Colorado. So with, uh, I know as a side note here, uh, we are going to be doing a different webinar or podcast sometime this year on the strategy that you've done with your son to help him house hack which I know has been a very powerful wealth building, you know, partnership for you, your wife, your son. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll go into details on that. If anyone out there is interested in how Steve structured that, definitely reach out to him, email him or give him a call. And I know you're more than happy to walk him through Maybe. it. Yep. But we'll have uh, an official podcast out sometime in the near future on that. But it's a really cool strategy. All right, here's our third deal and our last deal for this webinar. <clears throat> And you got two great things. You got a house hack and a fourplex. So this is a house hack fourplex, fourplex, fourplex in Greeley, right? Yeah. Yeah. New's, yeah. New's been eyeballing this one here. So. Yeah. There's actually several of them in, in the area. Uh, a lot of multifamily that we're seeing. But uh, my idea on something like this was, you know, if, the, if, if uh, some folks had their college age kid that's going to Greeley, UNC, or even Ames Community College up there is very popular. You know, if they were to take and invest in 
something like this where their child gets to stay at the place, I mean, it, it just makes sense. And there's, you know, some investment tools to be able to help them finance that kind of thing. But the house hack portion, making the lower down payment is going to be, make it a little bit more affordable. And then uh, again, relying on the appreciation and everything, plus the rents, uh, it should help, you know, offset any of that um, well, negative. Greeley has some interesting um, older areas that are kind of like in the downtown. And so Newt can probably speak to it better than I can, but there's some great turn of the century houses that have like seven or eight bathrooms or excuse me, seven or eight bedrooms, you know, four or five bathrooms. They're just really, you know, amazing structures that were put there. And these are what sometimes instead of the traditional fourplex where it's kind of a rectangular one with a, you know, two over two, it's actually, you know, there's other ways to get into the house. They can split it. So there's some pretty creative ways. Oh, that's true. That. Yeah. And, and a lot of really them are is one of the few places that has that. Well, and, the, and a lot of the zoning as well as, as high density. So yeah. there's areas that like, I, I know of a couple of houses I've seen that actually had seven bedrooms. So not only can you rent that, but the lots are huge. So you can build an ADU on the back end of it. When you have parking for all these people. So there's some pretty interesting stuff. If you're willing to think creatively and see how you can do that. If somebody was going to come in and with their college son or daughter, you know, take that place on, they can go in and get a 5% down um, or they can go in at a 25% down. It depends upon how they want to approach it. Mm -hmm. And then walk us through the numbers on here uh, because, yeah, I mean, it just seems like a great deal. Okay. Uh, well, <clears throat> Steve's usually the numbers guy as far as walking us through <laughs> the slides, but you know this particular property. It's been on the it's been on there for about what three months, I think we yeah, said. Yeah, and uh, so you know, for whatever reason, it hasn't sold. And I have seen that it it is there's some must be overpriced then, right? Well, yeah, price fixes everything. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, the purchase price that we've got in here is at four seventy five. Just assuming that we could get, you know, whittle that down with our investor client on our side that we're trying to do or trying to get them into it. And so one thing I want to talk about, because you, you had mentioned this, Steve, I've seen the slide here. You said there was a lot of like older homes in downtown Greeley. And I've only, I've been in Greeley just passing through. I don't, I don't know the market like you guys do. Um, the older homes, are they, is it the spectrum? Because, you know, they're, Hey, cool. It's seven bedrooms, but it's also a hundred year old house. They are hundred years, uh, and so we're talking new construction. We're talking old. How how is the old construction? Because I've been in some old homes in Denver, the eighteen nineties, nineteen hundreds place. I'm like, wow, I would never want to own one of those places. Uh, I also don't like maintenance, deferred maintenance on anything. So how, or just across the spectrum, as far as like condition and layout, or is that like a major hurdle? Do you think? You know, I, I think it's one of those, and Newt speaks to it better than I do, but I'll just say that there's probably less appreciation and more chance for cash flow in these. So when we did the underwriting on this, we went, you know, about as high as we wanted on the um, maintenance because there's going to be more of that. But oh, yeah. because and, and they're probably going to get a little less appreciation because of, you know, the, the area is thin. And so it's, and it is a hundred year old house. Okay, so a bit more of a cash flow play versus so appreciation there are cash play. Flow, cash flow plays still left, and that's where there's some of them there. So it's creative. So if, if they've got four units in there and they all rent at different rates, you know the the person that's house hacking can take the smallest one and you know manage it so they don't need property management. Yeah. 
some of that. And so, Newt, you have some other probably anecdotes on some of them. Yeah, I've sold actually many properties. They're all over the map, though. There, you know, there's some that were built in the 20s. There's some that were built in the, you know, 60s. So there, it, it's kind of uh, it's sporadic as far as the types of homes. I've seen a lot of them, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of them, like they will have, sometime in the past, they'll have added exterior entrances to a basement for a house that was just a bit, you know, a top and bottom. Oh yeah. So they've gotten really creative with making those separate domiciles, but uh, that goes to the, you know, the rental aspect. Well, and when you look at where that one's at, it's right between the medical complex and the college. So it's kind of got, you know, either or, you know, so it could be, you know, some version of, of each that would be an opportunity. Yeah, that's one thing it's like about uh, Greeley a lot is just, I mean, the university, um, I mean, that's such, you know, a magnet and, you know, there's yeah. a lot of, lot, lot of wealth is created around universities and hospitals. Very hard for them to move or go out of business. Well, and as UNC, I wouldn't think it's much of a commuter school. It's probably people. No, there's, I mean, live they, in Greeley and they go to school. put in a major investment really... in their student housing up there. So look at these numbers on here. I mean, so Steve was conservative with the appreciation on this, uh-huh. which is probably a good thing. You know, well, and that's really... what we talk about. Like, I don't, I don't want to oversell something because it's like okay, but even if it undersell just over, pro- undersell over promise, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe over we'll over. reverse that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, when you look at it, if if it was managed by the person who's living there, you don't have that. Um, there's no HOA fees. There's no metro taxes there. So some of those things aren't there. And they can at that rate. And we we did the underwriting if as if all four units were filled, because if they lived in it for a couple of years and then moved out, then this is what the property could yield. Then what the value of it um, to the person living in it is take the lowest cost one one in there mm-hmm. and then reduce that. And that's what it costs to live in there. And I think when we looked at it, it would be two hundred and fifty dollars a month for the individual to live in there and manage it. So they have a, a home to go to school from as a point, and then they have three other people renting that are offsetting, you know, 90% of their cost. Oh, that's great. I love those types of plays. Um, and then longer term, uh, so these sound like it could be great for just a straight, long, you know, like a landlord investor, hey, let me buy a property, uh, get exposed to Northern Colorado, have good cash flow, have high demand. So that's one play for your first long-term yep. college rental or doing a house hack uh, turn to rental, right? Those are kind of the two, two best things you see yep. for this type of property. And, and well, that's where a lot of people, you know, kind of get the, the notion that they want to get into a two-plex, uh, a, a duplex, sorry, and a, or four-plex. Um, and this gives them the opportunity because there's not as many available. I think there was 44... Okay, I think on two to four units between Larimer and uh, in the whole MLS, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there are some out there, but this is a really good one to, to, to as an example. Now, you may get in deep into the inspection and find some things. Maybe that makes it cheaper, and then you 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 pay for it through that. But you know, they're worth exploring because there's opportunities there for the right investors. So everybody yeah. does it differently. All right, so those uh, wraps up the deal analyses, and then we got a, uh, the last part of the webinar here is just going through a couple of frequently asked questions as well for uh, questions that we get a lot for clients up there and also just some market nuances as well. Uh, so Steve, walk us through these. 
Well, just quickly, we kind of talked about cash flow versus appreciation. Um, you know, I have a, a you know I run into a lot of people that still is cash flows kind of like their first thought when they get to investing, yep. and so it's getting people's um, thoughts to be more balanced about the four quadrants of wealth building and real estate, and then they get a balance. But there are some places where you can still get cash flow. That's what that last example. There are some things if your situation's right and you can do it right. Um, that wouldn't be for me, you know, and my wife to go do something like that. But there's situations where that might work out great. So there are both. Um, and as far as housing prices, we're seeing those, you know, across the country right now, they're kind of at about where they were at historical highs. They're not dipping like they were. And when this artificial stuff stops and we see all the momentum behind jobs, population growth, and, you know, all of that going on in northern Colorado, I believe that they're going to kind of reignite some of that growth. Um, mm -hmm. And then rents, you know, rents have been pushed higher right now because people can't get out and buy their own homes because they're locked out by the interest rate. So they're forced into renter status and there's more competition for homes. Um, I, we have a couple four bedrooms that two people live in them. They didn't bring in a whole family. It's, it's a couple. So they've got two people and uh, probably two home offices, two home offices, right? Possibly. Yeah. I, I know, I know one is that way. And, and so, but you know, so not every time is a, a family of five coming into a place, it can be, you know, a, a lot of different ones. So I think that the rent appreciation, that's why, like I say, we underwrote the one in our neighborhood and it came in 200 and change more. So it was like, wow. Do you know kind of what the historical rent growth is? There by chance, historical is a little tougher, but or this last, the last year's probably for single families probably been around six percent. Oh wow, so that's very manager. strong as well. Yeah. So, and I looked at some of the ones we have, and that's that's you know some we actually did a turn, so we were up twelve percent because we were able to get it back to market. Um, but the apartments and the townhomes and condos they compete differently. So when you have a three bedroom or four bedroom, that's not really something you find in apartments, right? A three bedroom's pretty rare in mm -hmm. an apartment. Um, so when you got a four bedroom, you're not really competing against them. But when you start to get the two bedrooms in a townhouse or a condo, you're starting to compete with two bedroom apartments. And so that holds it down a little bit. So I've heard numbers more like 2% appreciation on rents in those. Okay. So it's kind of a... a a ceiling that's holding those back a little bit. So not that they're still not good. It's just going eyes wide open and kind of see where that's at. Makes sense. What about just the uh, rules and regulations to be aware of? You know, it's interesting. And Newt, Newt and I talk about this all the time. You know, you've got these two counties that butt up next to each other. You've got Larimer on one side and Weld on the other. And then each city has their own little set of politics. But on the whole, Larimer has more restrictive, you know, it's kind of been an older, more established area. And Weld is kind of that, you know, less regulation, less uh, cumbersome things. And so that's why you're seeing some of the rapid growth in Weld that Larimer is going to get caught and passed at some point here in the next five years, because I think the population was 360 and 366. So Larimer is not growing near as fast as well, but together they're both really growing. So, you know, you've got more short-term rental um, regulations in Larimer and some of the places there. Weld is like, do what you want. Um, and so there's a lot of value to that. Um, and so depend upon 
who you are as an investor, you may want to choose one of those over the other because it either secures you or it frees you. Um, and it depends upon your investing strategy. Are you, uh, you know, kind of now or last couple of years, as I hear like rules and regulations, my mind always goes, goes to a goes towards short-term rentals and Airbnbs. And I don't know that market up there. I mean, I don't know Airbnbs very well at all. I know, you know, the high level here in Denver and Denver is very hard to, you know, do Airbnb in. Um, do you know about the Airbnb or short-term rental laws up there? Or are they, is that even a popular investing strategy up there? Newt on the Lermer side, I mean, I would say some... Well, Fort Collins is probably the more restrictive of everything else up yeah. there. Um, and... You know, I, I, as far as like Greeley, it, it's not as restrictive, of course, being in Weld County, but also it's further away from, say, the mountains. You know, you got a, a half an hour drive to the mountain or to go up to Estes Park or wherever you're going to go. So it's not as a convenient location. But as far as the, you know, the Loveland uh, birthed, um, you know, that's actually a really good question. I'm, I'm well, kind of the, the, thinking about that. I'd looked at. I'd looked at some of those uh, probably a year and a half to two years ago during the height of it. And and with a lot of these new developments, they have HOAs that don't allow. Covenants, yeah. 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 So, so basically nothing less than, um, I think the one I live in now, I think it's less than six months. It's not allowed. So most of the new build communities probably don't allow it, I would imagine. So that really, that really takes a lot of the places off the board. Um, and so where there is no regulation... So like if you say the town of Windsor, Severance, some of those Timna, um, or maybe even Bertha, they might not, but they have to have something, like Newt says, a reason to get there. So it may be that you want to go in and be in a certain area and you either have a hotel or an Airbnb, but you you can't stay. If you're coming in to visit family, sometimes you get Airbnb, sometimes you get a hotel. Yeah. This limits you staying, you know, either stay with your you know, your family in a place where no short term is available, or you have to go someplace that's a short distance away. So I think where the opportunity is, it's still a little bit where we're at, but it's yeah. probably more towards the mountains where they, they've had some some pullbacks here and there. I think Estes has been looking at some different things when they talked about, you know, mm -hmm. kind of pulling back because they're worried about workforce housing, they're worried about that. So they tend to overreact. And, and even in the city of Estes, it, also the county, steps in if it's outside of the city limits on Estes Park as far as some of the short-term rental regulations. But I'd, I would actually, any of our uh, investors that are watching today, I'd, I'd be really interested to talk to uh, some of them that are already, that are actually doing the short-term rental stuff. I'm fairly new to that aspect of yeah. the investing. But I'm, I'm from what I understand, it's gotten pretty saturated. And uh, I would actually like to know kind of where that sits as far as their investment strategy and how it's, it's playing out. Cool. So yeah. have them give me a call. Yeah. Very good. All right. What else, uh, what other FAQs do we have here, Mr. Medina? I, I think the only other ones we've talked about a little bit is the good versus evil, and that's that's metro districts. And so there's a, they're a polarizing thing. Um, and so some people love them and some people tolerate them. Now, well, Lerner, first, what is a metro district? A lot of people do not know what that is. That's a good point. So it's kind of a quasi- um, governmental body that is the underpinning of a new development. And so what they do is they create all the infrastructure in a new development. So it's the streets, it's the sewers, it's the water, it's the electrical, all those things. 
And rather than saying, okay, we're just going to add this into a price into the home up front, they do it through a bond process where they can go out and they say, everybody that's going to be in this neighborhood is going to help buy the bonds that we're going to use to pay this, and then we're going to pay them off over time. Now, they're a big play in the difference making between Weld County and Larimer. I can you know, show people the difference in new construction and how fast it's growing versus like Larimer, where it's slower growing because they're anti-metro districts. It's one of those fascinating things that time will tell. But I mean, you, the, uh, the new builds, the new build rentals uh, that you own, are they in metro districts, yep. Steve? Okay. Yeah. Um, most of them. Most of them. Okay. I mean, so like I know, you know, like I said, it, it's, there's a whole spectrum of them. Um, but I always like to say, Hey, you, you've researched it. The fact that you're putting your money there, obviously like not a huge concern to you, I would say, because otherwise you want to put a bunch right. of money into I, it. You know, I don't see it as being a huge impediment because I'm trying to f- figure out like, what am I paying for? What am I paying? And what am I getting? And so, you know, some of the things that are in some of these developments are like lakes or golf course or you know, other facilities. And so there's a lot of benefits to that. Some of them are maybe not worth it for the people that move in there, but for where I've seen, they can be really good. Um, But I'd love to see, make sure that they still have more oversight over time, because in theory, you should be able to pay them off someday. But since they're still so new, you don't see 20 years, 25 years down the road, you should be able to pay off those. Well, I think for, to give you guys a little more context, I think, I think Highlands Ranch is probably the most well-known Metro tax, uh, at least the Denver area. I mean, I live there and I think, you know, they're, they're a great role model is not the word, I guess, case study for Metro tax districts, but they've worked extremely well. Like I said, not good or bad, but if you are buying a place, make sure you check to see if it's in the Metro tax. And if you do go on there and do due diligence on the Metro tax, uh, cause there, you know, there are, I've heard some, I've heard some horror stories. Yep. We've been in our contract with some in like the Denver Metro area. And once we've done our due diligence or say our clients and their diligence, we've, we've peeled back there. We're like, Oh yeah, that's actually, you got like one of the, the rotten apples there and we've terminated. So always make sure you understand what it is, yep. but of course, please, please, please do your due diligence. Yeah. Uh, that's, so. that's a great point because there are some ones that have actually caused legislation. Oh, yeah. So there's more oversight in that now. So. And the Denver Post did some good articles on, I think, a year ago or maybe two years ago mm-hmm. on there as well. Like, yeah, there's the case that not good or not evil. I love that uh, uh, phrase you used. Um, awesome. Well, any other things we're going to wrap up here with as we kind of come up on the top of the hour? Um Cool. So as a quick reminder here, and I see a couple of questions coming in here. If you guys have any questions, please reach out to, to Steve or Newt. And actually, probably Steve will be your best point of contact. Steve does a lot of like the, the strategy building, uh, portfolio optimization. Uh, Newt's more the executioner. Executioner. Executioning. <laughs> You're executing on the... Uh, man, I botched that one, huh? You're executing and the deal's done and you're a great negotiator. Um <laughs> Or if you're really bad, he will execute, uh, execute <laughs> That's you right. too, right? That's right. Very good. Uh, no. <laughs> but please reach out to us. We do like to do those uh, free investor strategy consult meetings. We're very much about relationship building, consultative sales, whether you're a brand new person, uh, you know, looking to buy your first place with house hacking and scraping together pennies. We've all been there, done that. Yeah. So we're happy to help other people in that situation. Or if you get a bunch of uh, properties, we'll do a portfolio analysis with you as well. Um 
So I see a couple comments in here saying, thanks for the seminar as beginner investor. Very helpful. Awesome. Glad to hear that as well. Uh, another question. Okay. If you guys were to buy one property right now, or kind of like one strategy in one area, where would it be? You first, Steve. His gears are turning know, on here. That's, that's a, I love it. Put some well, thought it, into it. It would have been, it would have been two that weeks new construction, ago that new construction one. That would, okay. that would have been the one. And so I, I would have, I would have picked that up. All right. I, I just, I love here. So, so yeah, gut reaction. Newt. Uh, I would probably go for a multifamily, probably in Greeley, because okay. it's not likely to have a metro district. But also, uh, I like to mitigate my risk with multiple units. Yeah. So for vacancies. Cool. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, it's perfect answers. All right. Everyone out there watching and listening, we appreciate you coming out. I hope you found this uh, extremely valuable. If you want more details, uh, we're happy to send a slide deck to you, a lot more data. But also, again, reach out. We're always happy to have conversations, uh, build relationships, and we want you to be educated to make the right decision. So do not hesitate to reach out to uh, really Steve and Newt for information on Northern Colorado. Any help in general for Denver, Pueblo, or Colorado Springs, reach out to us. we got amazing team members up and down the whole front range now. And I'm very glad to have you two on board with Vision Advisors now. Awesome. So we're going to kick it off, guys. Yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. Colorado. Yes. Thanks a lot, everyone. We will uh, be talking to you soon and sharing lots of new Northern Colorado data and deals with everyone. Bye, everyone. Mm -hmm.